Good afternoon, agents. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Carolyn Orff, and I am your host of KHM Today, your weekly go-to resource for industry news and straight-up fun. So I hope everyone enjoyed the holiday week. It was a little strange not being with you last week as we celebrated Independence Day, but we are excited to be back with you for the month of July. So, excuse me. <laughs> This is the craziest week. Um, I dropped my two kids off at camp on Sunday. Matt is who knows where, we're gonna find out at the end of the show. And Bill and Chantel are on celestial cruises right now, sailing with a ton of agents in the Greek Isles. So it is very lonely back here in the States. So I love my alone time, but I'm at my threshold where it's a little bit lonely. So poor Virginia Ann has been taking my texts and my calls and has been my buddy for the last week as everyone's been been off and about uh, having fun. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited for the month of July to uh, to happen. We are just a few, well, a little over a week away from the Olympic Games. So with that theme in mind, we are going for gold this month. So we are gonna give you tips on how to take your business to the top of the podium. You like how we did that? And, um, your first tip, and this is so fantastic and a huge shout out to the team at KHM. Um, we are now not only on YouTube, but we are also a podcast. So you can download and follow our, our show uh, on your favorite podcast app. So do that today. I just started following this morning. Um, so if you are unable to see the show each week, then you can listen to it at your leisure. So we're super excited about that. So without further ado, let's get started with our first guest. Please welcome Stephanie Lee. Make sure we change our slide here. See, I'm out of practice. There we go. Hello. Stephanie started host agency reviews in 2012 after running her own host agency. The goal behind this site is to provide prospective agents with in-depth information to to allow them to make the best decision when choosing a host agency. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Good to be here, Carolyn. Very exciting. Yes, it is. So before we get started, did you know this week you're sponsored by MSC Cruise Line? Cruises designed to enrich, delight, and create unforgettable experiences. Did you ever think? <laughs> I, I didn't know. They didn't contact me about this. <laughs> That's a KHM special for you right there. So I have known you for a few years, but I just happened to read, you know, kind of the about us on the website, you know, just a couple days ago in preparation for the show. And I had to kind of chuckle inside when I read the, the why behind host agency reviews, because I remember 13 years ago when I got into the business, I don't, I mean, I found my first host agency like in a book an actual book. It wasn't even online. So what's it been like for the last, you know, however many years, 10 years, almost 10 years. Yeah, but it'll be 10 years um, in a few months. So it's been, it's been just amazing. Like my goal was, I was really frustrated with, you know, host agencies were just up and coming and some people like they were looked down on a little bit by others in the industry that were more traditional and legacy agencies. And but I, I, like as a younger person, thought host agencies were like the wave of the future, being able to be independent, like have your own brand, but be supported by someone, be able to work from anywhere and work remotely, but still get the higher commissions. Like I was like, this is amazing. This is what's going to save our industry from aging out. And 
so I was so excited to be able to, I also was an educator um, prior to being in the travel industry. And so I love teaching people, um, like making sure I understand a topic really well and being able to break it down for people. Because mm -hmm. um, part of the problem was when people were, you know, you Google how to become a travel agency and it was like the sketchiest sites would pull up on like, oh, you can travel the world for free and make a million dollars. And it was like, I want, you know, that doesn't help anybody if that's how we're selling it. We need them to be realistic about what's involved with mm -hmm. selling travel. It's fun, but it's work. Right, right. So you do a survey each year and that survey um, has gone out to agents and yes. we we want them to fill this out. I took it and I I thought it was really interesting. I thought some of the, the questions were interesting. So why is the survey important? How does how does the, how do the answers shape what you do moving forward in the next year? Yeah, you know, it's not even just what we do with the data. So when we do the surveys, we ask a lot of questions. So we used to publish two surveys. We used to do two surveys a year. We did the fee survey and the income survey. So it would give everyone an idea of how much you could expect to make as an advisor if you were hosted or if you were independently accredited, if you were specializing in this, or if you were three years into the business versus 11 years. There's a lot of data for helping other agents benchmark. Um, and then fees, like how many agents are charging fees? Is it going up? What are they charging for? How much are they charging it? So lots of data, we, we process it all and we push it all in reports out that go out for free to everybody. And the goal is for advisors, for you, there's a lot of benefits. Like number one, like the benchmarking that I mentioned, but there's also ASTA uses it for advocacy. They use some of the data from um, our past reports when they were filing against the no sale order. Um, they've used it for figuring out the number of ICs when they're talking to your legislative reps. So there's the advocacy portion of it. There's the portion suppliers. A lot of suppliers look at our reports and depend on it for understanding the travel agency distribution channel. So how much does the average travel agent sell? Like what's their income like? How many of them charge fees? Um, there, we're actually, just partnering with Royal Caribbean, um, and they're gonna be pushing out their survey because they find the data so helpful, particularly about the hosted segment because it's it's a harder segment to understand and to reach because it's you know a little more fragmented because the, the host is the intermediary between the ICs and the suppliers. So this year when I took it, I noticed some new questions. And, and I have to say, you guys, if you haven't taken the survey, take it. Um, it's not that difficult. It doesn't take long. But I thought it was very entertaining as well because <laughs> there were little quips in there that was like, yeah, you know, like, oh, did you make more than you did last year? Like, yay for you if you did. Like, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, probably not the norm, but that's fantastic. Um, but some of the questions I thought were really fun this year. What were some of your favorites that just that were really going to be just questions for this last year? Yeah, well, one of the things, so every year we ask like a fun question and they're, some of them are ridiculous. Like, I think one of them was, you know, which seat in the airplane do you prefer? And it's like travel advisors prefer like the windows more than the aisle seats. Or like one was like, would you Heather, what would you like for your company mascot? Like a singing rat or a singing rock or like a <laughs> unicorn or, but this year we asked like what the pandemic hobby is that travel agents picked up. Um, and that's really fun because mm -hmm. we have like a write-in. We tried to put a lot of the big ones you'd been hearing about, but 
I would say probably 50% of people wrote in what their new hobby was. So it's, it's, that's a really fun one. I'm excited to publish. Um, you know, we ask a lot about if people applied for pandemic assistance and what they got, if they got it, um, if they needed to get work outside of travel during this, um, we, we also asked something specific this year that's new that we're asking is like the average sales amount per advisor. And we've never asked that before, but um, we d we have had suppliers reach out to us asking like, what what's the average sales amount per advisor? And it's, you know, it's very tough thing to say, but we're trying to gather some more data so we can push out more information about the travel agency distribution channel. Well, in that particular question, I find very interesting because you can have the same sales volume looking at two agents and one can meet that sales volume with 60 clients and another one might reach that same volume with 10. Yes. And that's a correlation that I think is really, really interesting to study. Um, so I would love to know also what everyone's, you know, pandemic hobby was. I mean, I, I'm super excited too. Like that's the. The, the, we also asked something too. Um, we asked if people got the COVID vaccine and then if they did get it, was travel one of the main motivating factors? And yes. that's been really interesting because we were curious if because travel advisors are so well-traveled and there's all these requirements, if they were going to be at a much higher vaccination rate than the rest of the population. And they definitely are like the preliminary data is something like 85% of travel yeah. advisors are vaccinated. And that, you know, I pulled those numbers last month, so I'm sure it's um, maybe even a little bit higher now that we've got over 800 responses, so. Interesting. Um, so let me ask you this. I know at KHM we had really record numbers of agents joining um, the host agency. I find that so fascinating because I, it was, to me, it was such a hard year to join. Yeah. And I would have thought that we'd seen see advisors drop out of the industry as opposed to join it. Did you see this? Have you heard of this trend from other host agencies? And what do you attribute it to? The trends that I'm seeing and having talked to other hosts is everybody had deflated numbers during the pandemic when no one was traveling. Um, but once things started picking up, picking up and opening up the numbers, like for us, on our Google Analytics, we get around 70,000 visits a month normally. Um, during the pandemic, our, I think our traffic was maybe down, don't quote me on this, but something like 40%. Um, but in March, within like two weeks, it jumped back up to where it was. It was like once people, things started opening up and the vaccine was more widespread, people started thinking about a career in travel. And so I actually reached out to a bunch of host agencies because what I was seeing on our site was when I looked in May and June was we have a seasonal effect on our site where people in January oftentimes are looking to start their agencies. But then like, you know, in at Thanksgiving around then in the end of the year, not as many people. But in May, like we were still hitting like 70,000 visits a month which is abnormal, it was like 40% higher than it had been in any wow. other year, like from 2019. And so when I reached out to the hosts and asked them, like all of them said they were also seeing like record numbers of signups and that I, I think it has to do with the pandemic reset everybody and slowed everyone's pace of life. 
gave them time to reflect on, is this what I want to do? And being able to work from home, people are getting called back into the office. My partner just, you know, got a note there starting to request people <laughs> go back into the office. And so it's, I think it's people wanting that flexibility, wanting to do something that makes them happy um, and just kind of reprioritizing after the pandemic. So interesting. So if agents need to or want to take this survey, where do they go to do it? Yes. Oh, please take the survey. Um, it, it runs through July 31st. So there's still a couple of weeks. Um, you can go to hostagencyreviews.com slash survey. And if you're not if you're not familiar with the reports that we push out and are kind of like, I don't know if I really want to take the time or like give this data to someone. Um, first of all, we keep it confidential. But then secondly, please go to our blog, um, hostagencyreviews.com blog. And in the tags, in the drop down, there's a travel agent surveys. If you click on that, it'll pull up all the reports and you'll see like if you're a data person or a person that's driven by like benchmarking against others, you're just going to start salivating. And <laughs> um, it's super important, though, like even if you didn't sell anything last year, please take the survey. We want to hear from every type of agent that's out there, no matter what you sell, because it, it gives us a lot more data to work with to be able to publish for everyone. Wonderful. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. And we can't wait to to hear what, what comes out of the survey. I think it'll be really interesting. Yes, definitely. Look for the reports. We'll start publishing them um, in September and then going throughout the year, we'll be publishing new ones. So awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Okay, you guys. So fun. So make sure you go in and you take that survey. Why can't I change my screen there? There we go. So you guys know the month of May, we had our FAM forward month and we saw several FAMs go and come back. So we thought it would be fun to do a little bit of a reflection. So for the next several weeks, uh, we'll be doing some FAM feedback with agents who were on our Montego Bay, um, uh, La Romana and Port of uh, Cancun FAM and we're gonna continue going. So if you guys are like, oh wait, I was on the Puerto Vallarta, we'll have you as well. So um, today, Please help me welcome KHM advisor, Mylene Hollick, who participated in the Hilton La Romana fam, um, the fam that I happen to take part in as well. Welcome, Mylene. Hi. So this was your first fam with KHM. It was my first fam with KHM. What prompted you to pick this particular one? Well, two reasons. Um, I really wanted to see the um, the Playa brand, particularly the Hilton, Ziva, and Zalara. That's one of my clients' favorite ones, and um, and I, you know, it's it's a good price point. Mm -hmm. And then the second reason was I've never been to Punta Cana, so I thought, well, I need to go see it. Yes, yes. Did you find yourself um, craving? um other advisor company yes it was um it was nice to see other advisors um during our off time we got to just hang out by the pool get to know each other on a one-on-one -on -one basis and then talk about business you know how we differ and how we're the same it was nice to to really collaborate with them so let's talk about the hotel location. I was so pleasantly surprised um, 
the La Romana area is a little bit is it's about 45 minutes away from the airport, so a little bit different than the Punta Cana area. What surprised you about the, the location? What and what did you what did you learn about the property? Um, what surprised me was the ease of getting from the airport to La Romana. I thought there was going to be a lot of traffic, and then you'll see. Um, I guess, you know, like the other side of Punta Cana that a lot of people normally don't want to see, but it was a nice, clean, quick trip on an expressway. It was super easy. And, and then the beach was beautiful. Too. There was. And then my driver, you know, he had shown me where the largest basilica, I think, was um, in the distance. So that was kind of cool, too. One of the things I know we learned about was that that La Romana area doesn't isn't experiencing the same sort of seaweed issues that Punta Cana is right now. And that was a really pleasant surprise. It was. I think I'm going to push that area a lot more, especially if beaches are like the number one priority on their list. I, I was surprised by how um, I, I thought the resort was very peaceful. And especially on the adult side that we were, the family side seemed a little bit more enthusiastic in the evenings, but the adult side was very quiet and peaceful. And I just thought right. it was lovely. And I don't know that I had, I don't know that I had any expectations, but it actually exceeded my expectations. It did me too, especially I did price it out before I went and I knew it was, you know, more of a moderate but I was so pleasantly surprised by the food. You know, normally on moderately priced resorts, you don't get really good food. And I thought that was really good food. Well, and I don't know about you if you'd heard this before, but a lot of people told me two things. Number one, the service would be slow. And I didn't really feel like that was the case. I didn't feel like we experienced that. Um, and number yeah. two, I should prepare myself that the food's going to taste different. And I just didn't get that. And I, I keep telling people, because when I'm on vacation, I don't usually eat baked goods because I found that they can kind of be dry and taste different. And I'm kind of one of those people, mm -hmm. it's not going to be awesome. I'm not going to bother eating it. I actually found myself eating dessert. You were with, with me the one night with the chocolate lava, what they call it, the volcano cake instead of the lava right. cake. It was so good. And I, I don't know that I had a bad meal there. I don't think I did either. It was really, really good. I Yeah, so surprised on both levels. Um, so on this particular fam, and, and for some of the fams we've had over the summer, all of them, they've been hosted by a particular hotel brand. So each one has looked a little different because for some, it's been one hotel and there's only one hotel in that area. So that's they're just there to experience that hotel um, and sometimes do an excursion we had the luxury of not only doing a site visit for our hotel, but also Sanctuary Capcana High and Hyatt Ziva in Zolara. So did right. you have a favorite out of those three? I did. Of course, I love the, the Ziva Zolara. Um, I think I liked it because of the different restaurants and each restaurant had its, I mean, it was decorated beautifully. It, um, I don't know if you remember the Bombay restaurant, Yes. with the Indian food. It, it had a train car. I mean, where else can you find that? Yeah. 
I, I thought that was really, really neat as well. Um, I think we can agree that we were disappointed that the beaches were in such poor shape. But if you're a mm -hmm. resort person, any of those properties mm -hmm. um, would have been amazing. Right. And the accommodations were lovely. So I don't know. I just was so pleasantly surprised by the whole experience. Um, you know, coming from Denver, that area is, you know, it's like it's so long and it was an overnight flight. Um, but I, I absolutely have to say that I think it was worth it. It was. I agree. Um, just the people and, of course, the folks that were on our fam. Right. So what sort of thing like what did it feel like? Because we I don't know about you, but we've all been kind of isolated. Even people you didn't know, but just seeing other advisors. Was that overwhelming? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I loved it. I loved <laughs> being able to to hug again and to um, enjoy ourselves, you know, it's, especially after this long year. Yeah. It was nice to to see other advisors and kind of celebrate the opening of the world. Absolutely. And I think it was really neat to just, everyone was so happy to see one another. They wanted to have dinner. They wanted to talk about business. And um, mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting, one of the comments you made. And um, before the show, we were talking and, and Matt's where he is. And he was actually telling me before you got on that a lot of his clientele is new. And you had expressed that as well, that right. you were struggling with trying to figure out how to get your existing clientele back to booking. Has that changed at all since I've seen you in the last month? It has, thankfully. People are starting to email. Um, I do send out the, the KHM waves every month. Mm -hmm. So people are starting to email back and say, you know, I think we're ready to to start looking and traveling next year. That's awesome. But like Matt, a lot of my business is new business, new people. And I'm thankful that, you know, I have them. Yeah. It's it's an interesting learning curve. We were laughing. We said, gosh, you know, you just have to, there's a few extra steps that if, you know, we've all been out of the ball game for a while now that you're like, okay, I got to oh, remember gosh. to tell them. I got to tell them this. And I find myself, I feel like almost over communicating right now and, you know, trying to cover all my bases. So yeah. it, it, to me, I'm a little sloppy right now. I can't wait till I get. To I really need to get that list. checklist out again. Yes, you know, yes, make that's sure exactly that each it. person gets touched when they need to be touched. Yep. Um, so before I let you go, um, do you have any advice? for agents who are thinking about doing a FAM or not sure if they're gonna get their return on investment. Um, what's your advice for, for finding the best one that's gonna give them most bang for their buck? So I've been with KHM for almost six years and I'm sad to say this was my first FAM with KHM. Um, don't wait that long. I think it really helps your business. Um, people want to see you traveling. <clears throat> they want to see you as the expert. Um, and as far as choosing a fam, think about who your clients are and what you want to um, want to be able to see so you can tell each client. I've personally been there. This is what it is. And, you know, you're, they're not going to get that from an online booking agent. Right. Wonderful. <clears throat> 
thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, I do have to say before I let you go, we had both had, um, we were talking about on the fam, how best <coughs> to capture information. You were oh, using yeah. Evernote. And I said, oh, I got to tell you this. So shout out to Keisha Lazari. You were on, I think, our first episode with fam, uh, prepping for your fam. And she shared with us how to take notes in your phone. And Keisha, I have to tell you, I actually did it. And I loved it. If I can find my notes here, look at this. Oops, got other stuff in there too. But I've got all of my notes for the hotels with pictures attached, Keisha. So thank you. You taught me. I didn't have to carry an enormous purse around with a notebook and have notes that I'm never going to look at again. I have referenced this more times than you can you can imagine. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that tip. And I think, Mylene, did you switch over? Or did you continue to do the same thing, but just in Evernote? Nope, I switched over to Notes. Now I don't need two separate apps. Yay! So yeah, see, we learn something awesome. here every day. And let me tell you, it, it's hard to break me into a new routine. I am a creature of habit. I eat the same things every day, except for dinner. I am very routine oriented. So for me to go this route really says a lot. So thanks, Keisha, so much for your thoughts. All right, Mylene, I hope to see you soon. Oh, I have the clue. Oh, that's right. Don't let me forget. Where in the world is Matt? So clue number one is it's home to the most popular museum in the world. Okay. It's not okay. Denver, guys. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Mylene. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, you guys, so good to see. We had such a good time on that fam, and I learned so much from everyone. Why can't I move forward? There we are. Um, so I am excited to welcome our next guest. She was with us in the early stages of KHM today, and there have been so many changes in Hawaii over the last few months that we thought it was perfect to have her back on. So please welcome as we are reaching for gold, as we continue to uh, welcome tons and tons of guests to Hawaii this summer. It's crazy. How are you, Alex? Oh, hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. So nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Carolyn. How's so, everything? everything is wonderful, and I feel like everything is wonderful for you guys as well. Oh, it has been quite a journey. Um, as you know, like you mentioned, we, we had a chance to speak earlier on in the pandemic and my how much has changed since then, right? It, it's been crazy because we were talking about basically telling people not to come just yet the last time you were on. And if they did come, these were the things they were going to have to look for. But now we have relaxed protocols. Um, but still some protocols. So what, what are the updates for us? Yep, so the most recent update is that as of July 8th, those who have been fully vaccinated in the United States are able to travel to Hawaii without having to take a pre-travel test and of course without having to quarantine as well. So this is big news, but it doesn't mean that you can just show up. Um, you have to still create an online account at the Safe Travels website, travel.hawaii.gov, and upload your vaccination card or proof of vaccination onto that website. Additionally, you still need to bring your original copy of your uh, vaccination card with you to Hawaii as well. Um, Alex, when you say a, a copy of the card, if I go on 
um, you know, I had my, my vaccinations done at UC Health, which is the hospital here. Can I go on the website and download my report? And does that work? Or do you want a copy of the little card with the handwriting on it? I believe the, the downloaded copy would work. Um, in fact, if you go to hawaiicovid19.com slash travel, which is the same website that we've been pushing all year, that has the updated information regarding the new protocols, and it lists what is accepted in terms of um, the form of proof of vaccination. Um, and I know that one is, uh, you know, the VAMS or the Vaccine Administration mm -hmm. Management System downloaded report. So I believe that's what you're referring to. Um, so you can de definitely check the website, though, to make sure that that is the correct information. Um, but essentially, you know, the, we, we're looking for proof of vaccination uploaded online as well as brought um, in, in hand. Do you see that this website, as far as uploading um, health information before people hop on an airplane and travel across the waters to Hawaii, do you see that as something that continues? Um, you know, past the past this one, you know, maybe there's more vaccine, you know, more vaccinated people, and we don't have different strains. I don't, I'm curious. Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So when this was announced, um, it was announced that once Hawaii's vaccination rate hit 60% is when those who have been fully vaccinated would be able to bypass our quarantine uh, without having to test. Now, there's also been an announcement that once Hawaii hits a 70% vaccination rate, then the Safe Travels program itself will go away and all restrictions will be lifted. So I, of course, it's, you know, we don't know all the details until we reach that point, but I anticipate what that means is that it will essentially return to flying to Hawaii, um, flying to Hawaii will return to normal. Um, now, what's important for people to understand, and I know we've been getting a lot of people who say, well, you know, we've got clients who the adults might be vaccinated, but the children aren't yet. Um, or perhaps um, for clients who have chosen not to get vaccinated yet. Uh, for anybody who has not been fully vaccinated, you're still welcome to come to Hawaii. You just need to participate in the pre-travel testing program, which of course has been in place since October. You gotta get the test up to 72 hours in advance from a select location, et cetera. So they're definitely still, um, there's still that alternative for visitors as well. Okay, great. Um, so let's talk about some of the, the interesting pieces of traveling to Hawaii right now. So mm -hmm. car shortages. We're yes. seeing over the news that people are showing up. There's, there's not enough cars. They're renting U-Hauls. What's the latest and how do we prevent this from happening to our clients? Sure, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing to understand is that when the pandemic started, Hawaii's fleet of rental cars was reduced by over 40%. Um, so, it, you know, we do have a rental car shortage in Hawaii, especially com uh, when you consider the increased demand of visitors coming to the Hawaiian Islands. Our number, visitor arrival numbers are pretty much back to 2019 levels. So if you think about that and, you know, the amount of cars that we currently have, of course, there's going to be a shortage, right? Um, so certainly it's important to plan in advance when you're booking your hotels and even your air for your clients, I would recommend looking to book the car at that point as well. Now, of course, there are alternatives to rental cars and uh, to, to deal with the um, increased demand, some places like Kauai Airport and Maui Airport have actually introduced a new airport shuttle. Um, now this does have to be reserved in advance 
Um, for Maui at Kahului Airport, you can just uh, book it at the uh, airport counter at baggage claim when you arrive. Um, and that will take you to West Maui um, and to Wailea as well. On Kauai, Roberts Hawaii and Polynesian Adventures, which are two transportation companies that also offer you know, chartered tours, et cetera, um, they are offering the airport shuttle, so you can go to their website to book that in advance. Additionally, for other islands like Oahu Island of Hawaii or really Kauai and Maui as well, there's Speedy Shuttle as an alternative. Um, so there are actually lots of great um, rental car alternatives available. And one tip that I'll share with travel advisors if you, is if you go to the Hawaii Tourism Authority website, hawaiitourismauthority.org, there's actually a wonderful resource there with an entire list of ground transportation alternatives for each island. So some of those um, shuttle companies that I mentioned are listed there, as well as the taxi companies for each island, because we do have different privately owned taxi companies on each island. Um, of course, we do have rideshare available, Uber, Lyft, as well as an, a new local company called Holo Holo. Um, so th those are also all great alternatives. Of course, with the rideshare, it is important to keep in mind that because there is such demand in limited rental car, that the wait times could also be long. So for that, I say, especially if you're looking at um, you know, specific tours or picking up from the airport, you can actually arrange taxis in advance. Um, so that's something that you can set up for your clients. Perfect. So that was a great segue to my next question, tours. We have had several agents comment that their client, they've received last minute cancellations or inability to um, provide tours, luau's, things that they have had booked for months in advance, that if these were booked through a tour operator, um then then these these reservations are not being um, confirmed and their clients are now out of that experience why is this happening and do you have any best practices for agents moving forward sure you know and it's i know that it's such an unfortunate situation to have to be in that circumstance um Hopefully, a lot of those issues will begin to be mitigated. I know for one, you know, sometimes the, the real-time inventory when, you know, you're booking something online may not actually be up to date. And so that could be sometimes a reason why you see something available, you book it, and actually it wasn't available, right? Um, so it's always very, very important, especially if you're booking through a third party or through a preferred wholesaler, to perhaps confirm with the wholesaler and to confirm directly um, as well to make sure that that reservation is in, that it is confirmed. Um, and just to keep in mind the landscape of what we're dealing with in Hawaii is again, increased demand. And at the same time, we still have limited capacity um, for you know, a lot of different things such as luau's, et cetera. But even without the capacity restrictions, we've got a lot of staff coming back after months of being unemployed, right? And, and a lot of these staff may be new, Maybe they're just being trained. Maybe they, the um, tour operators or businesses have not ha been able to, to rehire um, to the levels that they were at you know, prior to the pandemic. So there's all sorts of different things going on. And of course, this is happening not only in Hawaii, but in destinations all over the world, right? So this is why, you know, kind of the reason behind a lot of what's been going on. Um, but you as a travel advisor, if you kind of understand this landscape, if you say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, take that in stride, but do what I can 
to make sure that you know everything is confirmed, I think that's the best route to move with. Absolutely. So patience, flexibility, and I feel like as an advisor, I have to check and triple check everything. And I've found myself having to be very, very creative when coming up with ways to communicate with hotels. Because as you said, right, the, the hotel might be open, but they're working on a shorter staff. And so emails might not be responded to the way they usually are. So it's, I've had to get a little creative with, with how I reach out to people. Um, yes. And, and I just to mention, you know, when you are reaching out, it, this is everybody's business, right? So I understand that they, these are important questions that need to be answered. But at all times, if you can just, you know, make sure to have that aloha, to have that grace and compassion when you're communicating with, you know, staff in Hawaii or really anywhere, obviously, things are, are, are very crazy. You know, the demand is back to 2019, like I mentioned, but the operations are not quite there yet, right? So everybody is playing catch up. Everyone is dealing with, you know, really difficult circumstances right now. And so I think it's just important to maintain, you know, that spirit of aloha in, in all communications. Absolutely. I'm going to steal that, that phrase, the spirit of aloha. Sure. doesn't matter where you're going, maintain the spirit of aloha. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, are there, is there anything else that we should know about traveling to Hawaii right now as far as managing our clients' expectations or things that we might not have done before, but we absolutely want to make sure that we do now? Yeah, I think this is actually a wonderful time to really have that conversation with your clients. Then not only manage expectations of, you know, this, this time with, you know, staff shortages, et cetera, supply shortages, like I mentioned, but also just to kind of reframe what it means to travel to a place. Um, in Hawaii, we're really focused on destination management right now um, because we saw prior to the pandemic that a lot of areas were starting to become oversaturated and we did not want to deal with, you know, these over tourism concerns that a lot of our residents have. Um, and so I think it's really important to share that concept with your clients. And in Hawaii, we are um, currently trying to share with visitors the value of malama, which means to take care um, and to give back. And you know, malama means not only to take care of the destination or the environment, but also of each other, of ourselves, right? So sharing that um, concept is so important. And right now you can actually uh, participate in a Malama Hawaii package where the visitor can actually participate in a volunteer activity in the destination. And in exchange, they can actually get a free night stay or other discounts um, as you know, a way of kind of sharing that concept of Malama, of giving uh, visitors an opportunity to give back. And we find that when they do that, they're able to communicate and participate with the community um, to learn more about the history and culture and really have a much more enriching vacation experience um, while they're really helping to leave the destination in a better place. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Um, I feel like one of the ways that we're starting to protect over tourism is by making sure that we manage national park reservations. I don't know the number of how many national parks are in Hawaii, but I do know it's a lot. So things that we might have done before without thinking now need, need a reservation, is that correct? Yes, and, that, and I'm so glad you brought that up. In Hawaii, I believe we have maybe eight national parks, but we also have a lot of state parks. So let's talk national parks really quick because one very, very popular one, of course, is Pearl Harbor. 
right? And for Pearl Harbor, they are no longer doing the same day tickets for the USS Arizona Memorial, which means you have to reserve them in advance. Um, if it's through a tour, make sure that that tour includes the ferry um, to the USS Arizona. Um, and if you're booking your, uh, this for your clients on your own, you can go to recreation.gov. The tickets for the USS Arizona are there. They're um, listed up to eight weeks in advance. And it's actually only a dollar per person um, to get onto the USS Arizona. But that definitely has to be reserved in advance. Now, another popular national park is the Volcanoes National Park on the island of Hawaii. A lot of people ask if you need reservations for that park. You actually do not need advanced reservations for Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. There is an entrance fee, et cetera, but you can uh, you know, have a little bit more flexibility with that. Now, in terms of state parks, we do have a couple really important ones to keep in mind um, that do now require advanced reservations. One is Haena State Park on Kauai. This is that park on the north shore of Kauai with the entrance to Ka Beach, to the Kalalau Valley Hiking Trail, et cetera. Again, that's Haena State Park. You need to make a, an advance reservation up to a month in advance there if your clients even are thinking about going and entering um, that park. So you can make those reservations at gohaena.com. And over on Maui, if your clients are doing the road to Hana and they want to go to the Black Sand Beach to Waianapanapa State Park, that also now requires an advance reservation. I believe that one's up to two weeks in advance. And that website is gowayanapanapa.com. Um, one other park, it's not a state park, but it is the Hanauma Bay um, Marine Conservation on Oahu. Uh, this, you know, this is a wonderful snorkeling spot. It's a nature preserve, and it had a wonderful chance to rest and recover during the pandemic. And we got to see you know, the marine life come back and so, of course, the park wants to maintain that. Um, and so they've increased their admission rates now for adults to $25 per person. Or I believe this is anybody 13 and up. And they also now have an advanced reservation system online as well. And that's at pros.hnl.info, I-N-F-O. So I know there were a lot of links, a lot of things to know, but you know, these are important things that you as a travel advisor need to keep in mind and share with your clients. And that's, you know, the expertise that you provide to them. Awesome. And Alex, if, if you don't mind, we'll get those websites out to everyone because I know that we've got a couple of questions asking for repeats. So we'll just make sure because yeah. we could spell them. I was I was the whole time I was like, that's a lot of vowels. I don't know if someone's going to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's okay. a bit tricky. Right. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you one question. I want to go back to Pearl Harbor real quick, because I when we when we were talking before the show, this this was one of those things that for years. Right. I was booking tours. And can you explain the process for that? I mean, it's it's literally a dollar to do Pearl Harbor without the audio tour. And you, I think I booked the, the tickets 30 days in advance, really with uh, with a tour that you're that you're purchasing through a supplier you're paying for transportation you're not actually paying for for pearl harbor how does it work though because a tour operator can't go in and book 30 tickets per day correct or can they are they doing same day no i believe they actually have a separate you know contract or negotiation with the park and so they believe they probably have a certain number of tickets that they are allocated okay uh, 
And, you know, during the pandemic, like a lot of the big tour buses, they were not able to operate to Pearl Harbor. So again, just double check. Um, but, you know, speaking of those tours, you know, you can certainly do USS Arizona and Pearl Harbor, you know, for a, just a dollar to get to USS Arizona, right? So what do these tours provide? Yes, they provide transportation. Sometimes they actually do sightseeing in other areas, like in downtown Honolulu, on the way there, on the way back. Um, some also include admission to the other parts of Pearl Harbor National Historic Parks, because keep in mind, it's not just the USS Arizona. Mm -hmm. Admission or entrance into the park is free. There's also the visitor center, but there's also the battleship Missouri, the Mighty, Mighty Mo. There's the USS Bofin Submarine. There's the Pacific Aviation Museum. So sometimes the tours will actually combine, you know, the, all the different things that you can do and see. Um, and include admission, include, you know, a guide, et cetera. So if that's the inclusive experience that your clients are looking for, then a tour, a tour probably makes sense, right? Um, but it's good to consider all the options and to really understand what might be best for your clients. It's, it's I, I would love if you have one, a great resource that breaks it all down, because I don't know that the National Parks does such a great job of it. I find it a little confusing. So if you've got a, a resource that breaks that down, um, we would love to have it. I'm not sure if I have one off the top of my head, but I can certainly provide a few links for you and then you can share that out um, later on. Perfect, thank you so much for being here. Do you have our second clue today for where in the world is Matt? Absolutely, all right. So first off, I wanna say mahalo, thank you so much for having me again. Um, and our second clue is Julius Caesar conquered this destination in 51 BC. Hmm. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Alex. It was wonderful. Thank you. Mahalo and aloha. All right, you guys, where could Matt be? Well, we're going to find out after we make our third clue. So the, our third clue is a drink called the Cure Royale. I love this drink because it's super colorful. I got my little bar set up here. There's my champagne glass. It's super colorful. And it's such a nice way to welcome people into your home. Now, let me be clear. If you come to my house on most days, I'm not going to hand you a Cure Royale. I might do it on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. Uh, but a Cure Royale is like a, ta a tablespoon or two of creme de cassis, which is like black currant liqueur, right? And so we're going to put that, I'm going to move this over, put that into our champagne glass. And then I love a, a little champagne or a little Prosecco, and we're gonna open that up. And it is the Olympics, guys, so we have lots to celebrate. So I'm opening up a bottle here. We'll have to finish off later tonight with dinner. Like I said, I'm alone, no children. Um, and Matt told me earlier, can't get the thing off here, that if you don't have champagne, you can actually use, so afraid right now. Oh, there we go. Um, you can actually use white wine, and that is just called a cure. So there we go. I might have put too much from the cassis in. There we go. And what I really love is that you can pop it off with a few raspberries, which is super festive, and especially if you've got it in a white glass. But there you have it, our Cure Royale. So, oh, and I should say that this segment is sponsored by Sandals and Beaches Resorts, who do love a good welcome cocktail when you enter the property. And they are the pinnacle of luxury, all-inclusive resorts for couples and families. And you can visit the travel agent portal today 
for more information on their current specials and latest updates. So where in the world is Matt? Let's bring him on, see if we can figure it out. Matt, where are you? Where am I? Cheers. <laughs> Those clues were great and I, I'm glad we have them because I've been traveling uh, for so long now. Sometimes I wake up and I don't know where I'm at. Where am I? Am I in Italy? Where am I? Oh, that is so good. Based on your shirt, I would guess we'd be saying aloha, but I know that's right. not true. <laughs> no. So let's recap our clues. Do you remember what they were? Julius Caesar conquered the destination and it's home to the largest museum most most well-known museum where is that popular David. popular most popular most museum popular as in museum. the most visited the most visited yes. museum in the world and then you know a very popular drink is the cure royale so let me see if anyone in our little question box here has has figured it out where is matt up oh, tammy's asking is matt in paris gail one of my favorite drinks from france and it's bastille day <laughs> matt where are you I'm in Paris, yes, for <laughs> Bastille Day, and it is Bastille Day, so it's yeah. uh, it's a little ruckus over here. Hard to get a, a good dinner because all the nice places are closed, um, <laughs> but the bars are open, so you can go to a bar and get a burger. So that's what I had for dinner tonight. Uh, but there's going to be—they uh, already did the parade um, earlier. That is um, a huge event. It's a big show of force of of their military and jets fly over, and there's a bunch of officers and military folk out walk in the parade um it's a really cool event and then um well right after this because in an hour in about an hour of my time is when they do the fireworks and that'll be done outside near the, the eiffel tower which should be pretty pretty scenic should be some pretty if i can get a good photo that would be some pretty awesome photos yeah yeah so i it's so interesting because dorothy here says oh you're in rome which you were just in rome last week yeah, I was in Rome last week and I kept waking up in the morning thinking I was in Paris already, but I went like, am I in Italy still or <laughs> did I go? I don't know. I'm getting a little disoriented with all the movement. <laughs> I bet. Um, is the Eiffel Tower operating right now? It is. I'm going to do a tour. tour. It's always there, but yeah. can we can we visit it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do a tour myself on Friday. I'm going to go to the top. Um, I have a friend joining me uh, now and he's never been to France before. So I thought that would be a good event for him. Tomorrow, we're doing something I've never done before that I'm really excited about. We're going to go do some champagne tasting in Champagne. Wonderful. Oh, how fun. So make sure you take some videos so we can post it. For sure. And will you have a chance to go to Versailles as well? I want to. Uh, so and I have that's another place I haven't been. So I do want to go to the Palace of Versailles because I haven't been there. Uh, so we just need to see if we have time, perhaps on Saturday or Sunday. I need to check the hours and see. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked the latest rules on how it works over there. I believe it's open, but I want to double check and check and make sure. So one of my we'll favorite see. things is just to go sit in the gardens there. I could sit yeah. there for hours. Forget the house, but the gardens is uh, <laughs> they're fantastic. Uh, will you make your way to the Louvre? I think so. I've been before, uh, but my friend hasn't, and he definitely wants to go. And I wouldn't mind, I mean, it's been 16 years since I went to the Louvre, so I would love to go. Uh, some of my favorite pieces, obviously the Mona Lisa, but you know, um, if you ever took an Art 101 class, like in college, you know, you learn about all these things and you see them in books. And I remember doing that. And I remember choosing 
a painting that I had to do a talk on and what everything meant in it. And it was called The Wrath of Medusa, if you're familiar with the painting. Uh -huh. And I had no idea where it was located. I don't remember. But my first time through the Louvre, I was walking and I looked and there was The Wrath of Medusa. And it was huge. It's like the size of a wall, which I had no idea when you just see the little picture in the book. But it was so incredible. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I, that's when I really appreciated art yeah. a little bit more, the history of it, you know, at least. So There is a tour that you can do. It's a little bit like a scavenger hunt for children. And that's the tour I want to do next time. With or without my kids in tow, I just yeah. feel like that would be a really cool experience to kind of, because the adult tours can be a little bit dry, very yeah. informative, but dry. I just feel like I'd love to see it from a kid's perspective and, and you know, how they go about sharing with the with them the appreciation for some of these works of art so you can get yeah. on a scavenger hunt please do and let me know how it is cool i didn't even know they did that i'll have to look <laughs> it out yeah well we're so happy that you're having fun when do you when do you come stateside again i'll be back july 20th so next okay. tuesday yeah next tuesday all right well we'll look forward to seeing you on wednesday when you're on the show absolutely yeah so here these pictures um we didn't talk about so obviously the Eiffel Tower, then that's the Arc de Triomphe over there. Uh -huh. um, and those I took just before the pandemic happened. So awesome. Matt, so good to see you. You're not in the Aloha State. You're actually in yeah. Paris, France. We're so I can't wait to go to the Aloha State. It's been a couple of years. I've got family out there I want to visit. So hopefully I can get out there either by the end of the year, at least early next year at the latest. I have to go. Awesome. Well, you guys, thanks so much for being here today, Matt. Um, we, I, you guys you. had some great questions and I am going to, um, uh, email all of you with the answers and the updates on those, because I know there was a lot of information shared today. Um, we want to thank our show sponsors, Apple Leisure Group and all of our segment sponsors today. And of course our special guests, Stephanie Lee and Alex Ross from Hawaii, Roth from Hawaii's Visitors and Convention Bureau. That is such a mouthful. Um, so as a reminder, you guys can find these shows on YouTube and, of course, our new podcast. So, yay, make sure you follow that. And uh, we'll see you here next week, same time, same bat channel, um, where Princess uh, Cruise Line will be here. John Chernesky is going to be here, and that's going to be a fantastic conversation as well. So take care, everyone. Matt, be safe flying home, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Au revoir.